Tigers Uncaged. Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your hosts, Jesse and Lance. Welcome inside another episode of Tigers Uncaged, the podcast directly Inspired by the Medicine Hat Tigers. Yeah, so much so we took their name. We took their name. They are the greatest team in the WHL. I'm Jesse. He's Lance. We are very fortunate to have a sports reporter from the Medicine Hat News joining. A guy that we have said we're going to have on. We've been courting him. For weeks and weeks and weeks, Mm -hmm. we finally got him. We did. James Tubb is here. Hey, James. How's it going, fellas? Good, good. Uh, We appreciate you coming in here. How long have you been covering the Tigers now? Uh, Last season was my first year, so this is... uh, Second season here okay. in Medicine Hat. Still fairly new. Uh, what a differences have you seen? I mean, last year was a pretty rough year. <laughs> oh, but uh, last year's a fun year to jump <laughs> yeah, in yeah. on for the first. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, early on, seeing this Tiger team already have as many wins as they did last year alone. But uh, have you more. noticed any differences? More? One yeah, more. more well, they, oh, because last of the win. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, I don't want to say it's looser, but it's more uh, like last year. It was surprising to me how many how positive it was. Even despite the losses after games, don't get me wrong, it was tough. Yeah. Because nobody wants to lose there. But the next day at media availabilities, it was positive. And this year, it's just kind of positive all the time because there's the belief and they've been in every game. There's mm-hmm. a belief that they should win every game and yeah. they really should. Well, yeah. how much different? Because you, for those who don't know, you get to spend usually the first period kind of in between the benches. So you, you get a pretty good read, at least for the first 20 minutes, on how the, the vibes are on both benches, right? But how different. Has this year felt with uh, this group fairly similar from last year than you know this time last season? Well, I'll take it back to the home opener. Yeah, Lethbridge scored first and early. Right, and in my head, I'll be honest, I was like, "This isn't like, oh man." Yeah, because that was that. the season of last year or story of last year was the other team would score first, and it would put the Tigers out. And on the bench, it was just it was just like, "We're fine. Mm-hmm. We got fifty nine minutes or whatever left to go." And Obviously, we know what they did the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just a different attitude of uh, they know that they can come back. They know they have the firepower, the strength. And I'll say this year the composure and confidence to come back. And, yeah, it is, it's kind of like a totally different team with a lot of the same players. Yeah. And it's almost like since that home opener, they've kind of made it their mission to score first. And a lot of games now, they are scoring the first goal. A lot of, a lot of first periods, Tigers are up one nothing, yeah. And it's just trying to have that 60 minutes of a full game from the Tigers because it just seems like they make a couple mistakes here and there, second, third period, and it always comes back to haunt them. It's second periods. I don't know what it is. Like, it's amazing the amount of games I leave, uh, like you are talking with the box between the benches after the first, and I'm like, all right, it's going to be a good yeah. game. Thinking about kind of what the story of the game is already, stuff like that. And then the second period happens, and I'm just like, what happened? And yeah. it's like the other team suddenly gains momentum that the Tigers didn't, and uh, – yeah, it, I guess that'll just be the story of the second half is finding that consistency uh, for 60, and that's just kind of been the message to the whole uh, first half here from the coaching staff. And someone who writes as much as you do for the team, I'm I'm curious because your perspective is a little bit different than ours. Like, we talk about anything that's basically day of, right, and kind of what's off the top of the, top of the hat and what's maybe trending with fans on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But when, when you kind of get the perspective of, of writing stories and, and looking at – where the trends are and maybe what the stories are within this team. What's been your biggest takeaway through the first half? Like, what's what's maybe that storyline for through the first half of the season that stood out the most? 
it really is just that's a good question man uh, it really is just the growth and like the confidence that yeah. each guy has found and i have to stop myself from writing each story of like such and such persons finding confidence because it really is just that that last year they were all young guys first or second year like i look like a guy like oasis Wiseblood. it was a second year so he kind of knew the league but he didn't because his first season was the bubble year right and he just comes in last year and he's trying to learn the league and the tigers aren't good enough to Learn the league well. When you get down in games early, you're not learning the game well. You're playing from behind the whole Thrown time. Thrown into the so. deep end without the water wings yeah. type deal, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this year, like, they're getting that confidence and they're learning and, and they're getting better. And we've seen it from that top line with Oasis, Andrew Basha and Brendan Lee and guys like Hunter St. Martin, Shane Smith, the roles they've had. It's amazing. Just confidence is the biggest storyline yeah. I've seen and just guys uh, – running with that and i'm looking forward to what they can do with that yeah, i'd agree though yeah that, that's that's no, been the yeah. biggest thing we've noticed too yep. i think is just that i've said it so many times but last year you just had to learn how to you know put the boots on every day and go to the games and be but in the again league. they were still fairly i wouldn't say confident but it wasn't like they were down like no, every game they were like was well up. we're gonna get our ass kicked like they went yeah. in there they were determined even if they knew they were probably not going to come out with a yeah. dub but it's uh, they still have that mentality. We had issue. to learn how to yeah. how to play in the league last year, right? And now it's like you're learning how to win on a consistent basis this year. That's that's kind of the difference. But you're right, the vibes were high last year too, yep. and they still are. So, so that's good. I like to see. I like that confidence angle because I mean, you look at a guy like Gavin McKenna who is coming up here. He got to play a few games. That's now gonna wear off on him. He's gonna come in there with that little bit of confidence as well. It's amazing the. Just the energy around, like, when you find out it's a McKenna game and it's just kind of like, oh, okay, we're going right? to get to see some magic. And he hasn't found that back in the net. And I think they, like, in the one game, I forget who it was against, where they tried to force feed him. It that, was kinda, been, yeah, yeah. It's happened like, a couple times, but I remember the one at home that you're talking about, yes. And they just, I think from that they've learned, like, all right, we'll just let him do his magic. We don't yes. need to give him the puck every time. And But, yeah, no, the amount, uh, I think, that Gavin's already picked up is amazing and, like, I don't want to look past this season because there's still some magic ahead for the Tigers, maybe. Yeah. But next season, when you get him and a couple of the other 07 guys, I think it's uh, it's going to be fun next year and yeah. in the future. Yeah, you've already had a Hayden Harsani sighting, right? So, yeah. I mean, he played in yeah. Calgary. He's going to kind of come through. You get another year on, on Mercic and Lindstrom, who are showing yeah. off really well. Uh, but it, it maybe the one thing through this first half of the year, it's almost like a, a half year in review at this point. Um, but one thing that surprised me is the depth scoring and how it's coming from all four lines. Like, you know, it had to be that way with this team because they didn't have guys like Andrew Crystal, who you're going to see from Kelowna on Saturday at Co-op Place. Uh, they, they don't have those types of players yet. But at, at the rate at which everyone's kind of producing from the forward group to the blue line and, and I mean, even Becca Lango has a couple assists, right? So like that, that depth just seems like it's further along than maybe a lot of us expected. Shane Smith is the answer to me for that. It's yes. just like, I remember at the beginning of the year, I wrote a story, and Shane in the story is like, yeah, I won't score a lot, but I'm just looking to have my role. And the next game, he went and had a hat trick. And <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, right. Shane, what are you doing, man? You're making <laughs> me look bad. But um, no, yeah, between Shane and like, even I've seen Dallin Moline, obviously got uh, a goal and an assist in the uh, win last night in uh, Prince Albert. Um, just, yeah, it is that depth scoring. And it's the thing that they want to do is roll four lines, mm-hmm. and they can actually do that. And, it's four lines that are fast and four lines that are, can produce. Yeah, yeah. And the, the biggest thing is they all know their role. Yeah, like you don't you you don't see that on a lot of like professional teams where guys understand and buy into a role that they're supposed to play. And 
I mean, the Tigers actually are doing a pretty good job of that, all told. You want to win games? Have power plays, put Brendan Lee on that power play. Well, that helps, too. That dude cannot <laughs> miss. Like, he's been he's been very good on the power play this what year. What is he up to, like, 12, 13 power play goals, I think, I think something like that? Yeah. yeah. He's got, I think, 18 for the year. Yeah. And a good portion of those have come on the power play. It's crazy. Like, it's... I mean, we just watched Ovechkin hit 800, and I'm not comparing the two, but it is this <laughs> yeah, kind please of... Don't, yeah. <laughs> please don't. No, but it is like when you get that one weapon there where like other teams have started to realize, like, okay, the puck's going to him, and Brendan just kind of combated that with, like, okay, I'll go in the slot now and use a wrist shot instead of a slap shot. But all it needs for him is he needs a second to just step back, and a pass goes to him, and he's just going to unleash it. And it's just crazy how that one weapon mm-hmm. has made that power play just even better than it was uh, at the beginning of the year when it maybe wasn't clicking and uh, even last year. Well, I mean, last they, year we didn't have yeah. that weapon, right? No. Sveikoski was the leading scorer on the team weeks, months after he was traded to Seattle. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was still tops. We didn't top have that guy. Just the addition of Logan Barlogi to like fill it out. Right? Yeah, yeah it's, it took a while to fill yeah. that spot. But uh, you, you look at kind of – how how that power play specifically has gone, right? Which has been really interesting, and, and I'm glad you, you kind of brought it up because it's like Brendan Lee for the longest time was the the one factor and the one component that was just driving a lot of the offense with a man advantage. And then obviously after a couple of weeks of that, when you force feed him, and then other teams adjust. And it, it took the Tigers a little bit to to find an adjustment to create other seams, right? Because so much attention goes to a guy like Lee that it opens up the ability for other guys. To, to get theirs, and then you started having Tyler McKenzie with a little bit of success in front of the net, uh, Oasis Wiseblatt's doing his thing, right? And then, then you're, like you're mentioning, starting to shift how the, the look actually builds itself, and it's no longer just Lee at the Stamkos dot, or, you, you know, it's not just Tyler McKenzie playing Matthew Kachuk role around the post. Like, now you have options. But that's, that's almost one of the most encouraging things when you talk about, you know, the growth and the confidence. It's that they're, they're finding their role, but then you're starting to see like adjustments that they are making on the fly, like as players, not with the coaching help, but when they're on the ice and they're actively adjusting. Yeah, and I think other guys like that. It's Andrew Basha as well. Who's yes, like for sure. Maybe the start of the year was more pass first, and still is. He's a great, really great passer. Is like embracing the 34 on the back of his jersey and is shooting more, yep. and wants to unleash that shot. And we've kind of seen the, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it resurgence, but like Reed and Reason has just exploded here this season and the he, discovery almost over there, here, here yeah. yeah yeah what a wordsmith lance yes. um, <laughs> but Not just, just the hat rack over here <laughs> <laughs> you know reed like it's just unbelievable like he got that role when bogdan's went down with an injury and he's just kind of run with it and i mean bogdan's is still doing a great job in the power play obviously in latvia right now but uh i think reed is going to quarterback that power play for the next couple of years and I think a lot of teams are going to start to take notice of uh, how important is he going to be. Like you think his rookie season last year, he was playing penalty kill minutes. Yep. He was playing as like, a forward. Yeah, right. He was playing like, as a forward is. for yes, some games. That's right. So he he's already learned how to kill penalties his first year in the league. Now second year, he's picking up power play duty. Like you, you kind of look at where they want to build this team around. It's almost quite obvious that on the back end, it's all around number two. Yep. I think he makes it. He's never going to step up and be that person that Red Parsons is, obviously physicality wise, but. I think in a couple of years when Rhett's aged out and stuff like that, uh, it's easy to see Radiant Dreesen be a top two uh, defenseman and maybe the guy on that back end. Yeah, could happen. Um, I, li- I like to play this game, the what if game. Now that we're halfway through the season, yeah, it's a fun game. Is this Tigers team a playoff team? 
We're halfway through the season. Statistically, right now, yes. Yes, but does that maintain? (laughs) Does that stick around for the second half? (laughs) Tiger fans out there, are they going to see Uh. playoffs at Co-op Place? Go on, James. You're our guest. (laughs) Oh, boy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no Uh, problem. No problem. Yeah, great. Easy questions Um, for you. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they've done their games against Prince Albert and Saskatoon. Saskatoon's obviously obviously way high in the playoffs standings. Um, Which I think, I mean, not to take away from the 8-3 game. I mean, they look good. Before that... Tigers have stuck with Saskatoon as well. It's been True. one yeah. one goal games. If if by chance we got Saskatoon in the playoffs, I wouldn't be that afraid. Yeah, they were all one goal games except for that last one. For the last yeah. one, yeah. A couple two ones and a four three in overtime, I think. Something Sounds like that, right. yeah. Extra time anyway. To answer your question, um, I wouldn't be shocked if there's playoff hockey here in uh, Same. in March, April. Yeah. I forget when March, I think. Yeah. And um, I could see it. I think it'll they'll hover around that six to eight spot. Yep. Right yep. now they're in the eighth spot, and it's amazing. I was looking at it last night. The difference between the Eastern and the Western Conference in standings: the West is decided. Like yep. the top oh, yeah. eight is done. Yep. Whereas in the East here, like there's four teams fighting for that last. It's gonna be a dogfight. It's just Edmonton that's not. And yep. you know what? They got their bone. They're happy with it. And yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun second half. And I hope uh, a lot of people come out to watch it. I hope so because we've talked about it before, and uh, you've been to every game, every home game this season. They are in every single game. There's maybe been one or two that have been decided, but the Tigers are playing some exciting hockey right now. Yeah, there's only I think, like there's only one game that they haven't been in, and it was maybe that Calgary five to two loss, mm, and yep. it was just a, maybe a period and a half where they kind of Calgary took over, and it was like, all right, we got a game tomorrow. Against Prince Albert, uh, I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever quit that game, but that was the only one. Um, but yeah, no, this is fun Tigers hockey. It's yeah. a complete. I hate to keep bringing up last year. At some point, we'll stop. But it's completely different from last year. Yeah. And I just think if you were burned from last year, I understand. You got to come out and start watching this. Get on the train while you can. Yeah. And say that you were on the train before it gets yeah. too good, and you just become a bandwagon. I don't want to say that dynasty in 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 waiting, but this is going to be, I think, a contender down the road, right? I think Should you're starting be. to your see home. a contender, maybe next year, two years down the road, that I think is going to make a run at this. That's a hope, right? And I mean, it's not just the the '05 group and and the '06 and. I mean, Gavin McKenna, right, and, and Harsani down the road. It's also some guys that are at Saha. And we, we, I ran into you yesterday, and you said you were over at, uh, seeing Saha, right? And so, like, w- you get a little bit more time and, and more eyes around Saha than we do. And, of course, there's Tigers uh, players and, and prospects that are a part of that group. Just what have you seen, though, from, from Saha as a whole, just as a program in this community? Yeah, I mean, like, last year it was kind of – like the two guy, main guys from Saha were Shane Smith and jo- Josh Van Mulligan. Right. Obviously played big roles in their max win. And it's kind of funny. I remember at the beginning of this year, I looked at that Saha roster, and it was a third Tigers prospects, and it still is, yeah. I believe. And it's just, um, I don't know if this is what they wanted it to be. I know they want to have high-end talent, hockey talent here in Medicine Hat, and it's good to see. But um, it is amazing how the Tigers prospects that are there now have just uh, – They've kind of run with the league and run with the C, uh, run with Saha. Like Gavin hasn't played every game, and he's above uh, top five league scoring. I yeah, believe he's like, like three four. points per game. In, in yeah, he's got forty points CSS in sixteen yeah. games. I think insane. But you look at other guys like Nate Corbett on the back end and Colby Gapter. They've played really well. Zach Sahara just had a story about him come out today. Quick plug, medicine. Oh, no, go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, quick, <laughs> quick plug. Shameless. I like it. Go ahead. Like Zach Sahara is like top two in the league and goaltending stats and mm-hmm. he looks unreal and I know Tigers 
PF fans got to see him twice last season. He came in in blowouts, and he really didn't get a fair chance. I mean, he would give up a goal on his first shot, and then he would play they really good. Like, he time. was amazing yeah. after that. So I th- I'm waiting. I can't... W- I don't want to see anyone get injured, obviously, or anything like that. But if there ever gets a chance for him to come in the net, I'm excited to see what he can do now. Do you think he will? you think he's the guy that would get the shot? Because who else have we talked about? There's a... a um, McCallum. McCallum has been another guy that's yeah. been... His name's been tossed around as well. Yeah, that's that's the big one, right? And then Jordan Switzer's in the system as well. Like, there's a lot of goaltender possibilities yeah. for this team, which is nice. Um, and not to talk about, you know, kids being traded, but it also then opens up an opportunity to to move around some goaltenders for assets down the road because, let's face it, you still want to win games. Well, and that's you the nature of the run. game, That's though, right? the nature of the beast. Uh, but I, I'm curious, like, y- you've spent, obviously, a lot more time with, with Zahara than Jesse and I have. Just how much do you think last year really did benefit him? Because, like, it's, like you mentioned, not a lot. It was a couple games. But it seems like it's just kind of leapt off the page statistically as to how beneficial those games were last year. I think that taste showed him, like, all the time you talk, when you talk to new guys, what's the dub like? It's speed. And mm-hmm. that's the easy answer because it's true. And I think he just saw how hard and how quick shots come. And he's taken that into the summer. I know he had a really good camp. Uh, went to Saha. Obviously, he was the odd man out. And I think he's just kind of run with that. And he's just kind of maybe there. I don't want to say prove people wrong. Uh, I haven't asked him that, but it just that's kind of what I see yeah. is that he's just running with the opportunity he has, and he's ready to prove that he's maybe ready. And he's still young. I think he's 18, 17, obviously, because yeah. he's playing in the U18 league. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of confidence there, and he's a guy that uh, is calm in net. I was talking to Braden Desjardins about him yesterday, mm-hmm. the coach of Saha, and he just said, yeah, it's you put him in there, and I just don't have to worry about him. He's poised. He brings leadership and net, and that's something the Tigers see from Beckett Lankow. Like, it's amazing you can how much you can hear Beckett yell at guys just to tell them where to go, where the puck, where Always guys Always talking. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of that in Zach, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but yeah. it's just uh, it's encouraging to see from a young player like that. How is Braden doing? Braden, we went to high school <laughs> together. Oh, yeah? Don't connect nearly as often as we should. We used to at, at the rink all the time, but I just – I'm like Braden has the same work ethic as his father. That much yeah. I know. Like when Braden was playing hockey in town, like he was, he'll admit as much. Never the most skilled guy, never the fastest guy. The first one, last but, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't find someone like he's a rank rat. Like you just don't find someone that works harder than Braden. So I'm happy to hear he's good. Yeah, it's I good. mean, I've asked him like, what's it like coaching this team because they have so many high talent, and not just Tigers prospect like Ryan Miller. He's a part of the Winterhawks product, uh, Medicine Hat Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah Fitzer just signed with the Penticton V's of the BCHL. And I'm like, what's it like coaching this team? He's like, it's pretty easy. I just roll <laughs> the kids out. And, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he does a lot of work there. Him and uh, Gavin Broadhead and Torrin White, they all do a great job on that coaching staff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Saha, they're going to go to the max in a couple of weeks here. And obviously defending Defend champions at the now Circle K Classic. Right, um, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see how they do. And, Maybe uh, looking forward to getting down That'll for a That'll be a game. big test. Yeah, There's got to no be doubt. a lot of pressure for him too, right? Knowing who your dad is and your coaching. Like, I feel like they're, regardless of who you're coaching, you're Willie's kid. Yeah, maybe to an extent. Yeah. I don't know, like, at this level. Because he's, he's come through, right? He, he dealt with uh, the SEAC club, and so he's, he's been through the system. He's gone through the proper channels. It's not like he just popped up one day and was given Saha as an opportunity for his first coaching game, no, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. But, yeah, there's always kind of that little feeling, but – I I don't know. It's hard to say. Like to an extent, you have to just be confident in who it is that you are and what it is yeah. that you're doing. 
And you can't be naive to the fact of who your father is, right. right? Like, that's a reality. But at the same time, it doesn't kind of paint the entire picture. I mean, you go in there your first max tournament and you win it. Now, yeah, let's say you, you go in there again this year and let's say you make some noise. Let's say maybe you win it again. There's going to be more eyes on you, I think. Oh, yeah, there's going to be people calling. There's going to be some people calling saying, hey, what's, what's the future look like? No doubt. And it got to make you want. What is the future for? It was pretty amazing. Like last year, all the coverage was Medicine Hat Tigers coach Willie Desjardins' son, Braden Desjardins. And yeah. I think that's something that's followed him. I think he's pretty comfortable at Saha. I know what you're saying. That yeah, like yeah. If he wins, there could be some eyes there. But I think he's pretty happy with the yeah. program he's built there. And I think at the end of the day, I think he wants his own legacy. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to him about this. No, but I, I think, see that, though. Yeah, and I could see where Saha, if they can build it into that program that is like Burnaby, like Delta, I think that's something that's just going to be as prestigious as uh, – never as prestigious as the WHL maybe, but it's going to be pretty prestigious oh, yeah. for Braden. Yeah. That would be – I. I Again, haven't connected with Brain in a long time, but knowing him as as I did, you know, years ago, that would be something that's really important to him because he and and his dad, and you see it like his dad comes back, right? That they're very loyal. Yes, they're, they're very very loyal to to things they believe in, and they work their ass off to make things happen. So, wow. I wouldn't be surprised to to see Saha kind of go that road. But it's interesting, like. We we want we've been talking. We're like we want to go watch a Saha game. Not until like January. Yeah, yo, I don't can think you they're play back. more. Yeah, I I've like, been following the schedule, in? but it's like play at the Boyd Marble. I want to come watch. School oh. first for them, right? I that's know. The big thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it's school. But I have heard that Overrated. the uh, the crowds at the Big Marp when they're in town pretty good. They're pretty big. And like in January, you get the boys and men's teams come back. The women's team has a showcase too. Yeah, they're just as good. They're yes. fun that to program's watch really good too. It is. Yeah. It's. Saha is making some noise yeah. in the uh, CSHL. Um, say that five times fast, Lance. But, <laughs> I, uh, I can't. No, I, I can't, can't say it once. It's like the Lamley's challenge at a rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, like Saha, it is, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of noise, and it's. I think it's just going to grow over yeah. the next 5, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking about uh, Desjardins. Of course, Willie over the week got uh, number 400, which I'm glad he got a chance to do it at home. You got a chance to talk to him. He is a very humble guy, isn't he? Like when he gets 400, everyone wants to ask him about it. He really doesn't want to talk about it. No, and I had the un like unfortunate I'll call it. Uh, I had to follow Ridley, like Bob Ridley, yeah. interviewed him like uh, on the radio show with Tough. Gino. Yeah, and I'm just like, well, I might as well just not. <laughs> I got I got demoted day. completely. You got it makes you feel any better. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I became that's a runner, so like it happens. You hit the showers early. It's yeah, good. that's it's right. right. That's but right. no, Willie. It, yeah, he doesn't want to talk about himself. It was even in the first question. It was like Willie, what was this like? And he's like, yeah, it's a great honor, this and that. But Beckett played a great game, and it's like, <laughs> could you just? maybe pump your own tires yeah. once, Willie. But no, he's... Uh, I was also happy to see it at home. Obviously, yeah. they would have wanted it to happen earlier in the yeah. season. But uh, no, it's good for him to get that and just kind of get some positivity and some wins there. And I think that's really good for him uh, and the team. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a bit of a, a hurdle that's been cleared, right? Because you have these different milestones that pop up and, and eventually someone catches wind and then it becomes a, a room thing and you want to just get it done. And yeah. It would have been an electric factor if they would have done it on the road on the way home. That would have been a wild bus ride on the way back. Yeah, yeah. But, no. Uh, but no, to get it at home is cool, and it makes you happy because, I mean, truthfully, Jesse, you did want 800 to be or 400 I to be at home. I want 400. I want 800 to be at home as well. I well, agree. Okay, okay I that's agree. lofty. Yeah. I, it uh, might be we, a few more years. We get set for a very busy weekend now for the Tigers before the Christmas break. You got the Red Deer Rebels in Friday night. Mm-hmm. Red Deer, I think they're what twenty one and five, but uh, five and two, I believe five two and two in their last something nine or something like that. This is a team that I believe can be beat. I, they had a very good start, but I think Red Deer slowly starting to come down to earth. 
that they're injured, right? They're missing two guys. I still believe they're missing, obviously, Ben King. And I think Jace Isley's still out, maybe, or he was just... Might just, be back. Might I, be back, I th- yeah. I think it's probable he's back Friday. Okay. So. But, yeah, it's, it's a team the Tigers have beat once, and or twice, maybe. I forget. But um, all the games run together, James. Oh, yeah, they, it's, but they yeah. definitely beat them once at yeah. in Red Deer, which yeah, sure. is a in the shootout. Dub. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge dub. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, cool. it's it's going to be a good game Friday night and uh, another uh, Central Division opponent. Uh, it's and always kind of, huge. Yeah, it's just so tough with Red Deer because and, and like that's something that, that Gino and I have talked about in between periods and whatnot, or or just before games, like the pacing in which other teams play can really kind of dictate how the games go for the Tigers. Like, you, we, we look at it, and we're always so surprised at why they do so well against Mushra with the firepower that Mushra has up front. But they play pretty wide open. Like, they, they don't try and lock it down as much defensively. They'll trade chances basically all night. They're happy to do that. Mm-hmm. And Red Deer's the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, they're a team that will cl- clog up the neutral zone. They don't give you anything in the middle of the ice in their own end. Like, between the dots, it's almost impossible to get there. So you might get 30 shots a night, and 25 of them are from the outside, right? And so, like, the Tigers have found a way to beat them, obviously, in that shootout that was huge in Red Deer. But it's just stylistically that they have to now learn how to kind of break through teams like Red Deer when they're so, so good at locking it down. And, like, the story of the year with Red Deer is the goaltending. Like, right. they look yeah. so good, but, like, I remember going into the year, I was like, man, Red Deer's going to be in trouble. Right. And, like, I was like, that's not going to be good for them. And then they're, like, two of the top goaltenders in the league for the longest yeah. time, and they've just kept going with that. So they are a team, and we talked about with confidence with the Tigers. I think confidence in Red Deer is just so high right now. Yeah. And I think just running off that winning streak, like, when you lose a winning streak like that, there's a chance you could flutter, and they yeah. did for a bit, but I think they've come back. Yeah. And, they're just going to stay consistently where they are, yeah. second or third yeah. in the East. And listen, they're scoring a lot of goals. I mean, uh, the Tigers and Red Deer are one two for tops in the division for goals. I think it's one fourteen to one eighteen or something like that. So it's going to be, I think, a high scoring game. See, and it probably won't be. Like I don't, I don't know. It, it feels like it should be on should those be. nights, right? Yeah. But just something about the way Red Deer plays. They just they're they're so they don't give you anything, and they transition uh, yeah. so well. They're very good defensively, and it's yeah. like. That might be the one aspect from from seeing how the Tigers closed last year and now have gone in, into this season. That's maybe the one area that they could really pick up is playing in their own end, yes. getting pucks out on, on first attempts, like cl- simple clearances, maybe not a, a clean breakout, but just chipping high glass and out, you know, all the boring stuff. But like finding a way to, to maybe lock things down a bit better in their own end so that you can transition – against teams like Red Deer, but yeah, when you when you go wide open, you would think it would be a high scoring game. I just I don't know. I don't know what the hell goes we, on we in Red Deer. We need a high anymore. scoring game. Friday night, big crowd hopefully at co-op place. Yeah. We need a big big Saturday will be good too. Like I was mentioned, like Andrew Crystal's in town. And for those who don't know, like you've you've seen stuff of his James. He he's good. He's got like fifty plus points this season. I, I think the next closest on the team has thirty five and he's not even there. So it's literally Andrew Crystal or Bust for the Rockets. Yeah, that Kelowna team's been obviously watching them from a distance. They've been a lot of fun, and they seem to be. I mean, to beat Swift Current five to two last night, like that's a good Swift Current team. What's yeah. going on in Swift? Not to I, jump in, but what's happening there? Like they got Gage Alexander, they brought him in, so they yeah. have Dick and Alexander. They got two really good goalies, and they have Owen Pickering on the blue line. Like Matt Ward's up front, uh, Davies. Like they have these guys. They're still letting in a lot of goals, and they, yeah, they can't they can't get the puck out of the net, and they can't really put it in the net either. It's so hard to say because we haven't seen them yet. Right. I think that's one of the funny things of the season is 
that like you just don't see a division rival until after Christmas. It's but crazy. they just seem so. It's just I don't know what it is. It's just a weird brand of hockey for Swift Current, and I mean, in the opposite end, I thought Lethbridge was maybe going to be worse than they have been this year, yeah. and they've played really well. Yeah, so they won five in a row, and I'm still doubting everything I see. I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know why. I just I, I can't buy it. I don't. Yeah, I don't get it either. But yeah, they Harrison Menigan is the savior, though. I think that's what <laughs> we've learned. Like, if there's a second coming, it might be Harrison Menigan. Like Logan Thompson goes down at the beginning of the year, and Menigan came in as a backup, and he's kind of like stealing the show there to an extent, right? Like, crazy. Great thing about this league. Is yeah, you right? think you know, but you really don't That's know. That's true. Predictions. You like doing predictions. I Jesse. love predictions. I, I abstain from predictions. You're I abstaining. Like yeah. You don't? I love them. I don't. I don't like like you're on the radio all the time. Radio I get radioed as a writer. Yeah, yeah like that's that. true. Yeah, you don't want that. I make predictions. I think this is a, a playoff team. I think the Tigers will make the second season. Oh, I didn't answer that. You didn't answer it, but that's all right. I'm sorry. Well, the flow. I would... Hedge my bets and say they maybe squeak in. I think they squeak in. I just don't think Swift is going to keep playing as poorly as they are, and they're below them in the standing, so I think there's going to be a jump there. It's tough when you've already had games out of PA done for the year, and you didn't really get all that many points against a team yeah. that you want to get a lot of points off of. Yeah. Um, and it's, speaking of Swift, kind of a pain in the ass that you probably wrap up your year with some high-stress games against Swift because it's, what, a home-and-home home to wrap the season up, I think, it's gonna be yeah. meaningful. with the Broncos. Yeah, so it's probably going to mean a fair bit at that point. They have the potential. I don't know that they get any higher than, like, six. Like, I would think they're maybe, like, an 8-9 team this year, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. They need to win that Swift series. Yeah, they do. Like, they do. And go to when they go on the Winnipeg road trip, they need to win against Brandon. It's as simple as that. Like, it's, yeah. They got to beat Brandon, and they got to beat Swift. Yeah, there's not many teams below you. No, you got to beat those ones. You got to take advantage. But it's of crazy, it. like you said, that they if they if we just moved them over a conference, like they'd be tied for sixth. Yeah, like just can we move? Can we move for the year? Halfway through the season, yeah. just ask we can move just yeah, for the fine. parts. Why not? Uh, a couple more just before we let you go, buddy. I know that you cover. Uh, you get to see a lot of the away games. I've noticed a lot of away games watching the uh, the play by play or the highlights. Is the are the crowds looking a little bare everywhere else? Like. Saskatoon, Saskatoon like, was the doors open in Sask. Like I don't want to be rude. No, it no, didn't but it look like there was a lot of people in yeah. Saskatoon. And that's what sparked this twenty five hundred conversation yeah. because with them being as good as they're playing right now, and I was watching the highlights, I was like, "Where is everyone?" Especially when the Tigers and Blades have played each other a fair amount of times early in the season, so you would think there might be some built in rivalry of some kind. I've seen Moose Jaw. Nope. Moose Jaw. I mean, they're on the fence, but they have a very exciting team. The Moose Jaw Warriors. They have a very nice facility. It's still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there. Is this a thing? And I mean, co-op plays. It, it's slowly getting better. I think there's some games that are. It's flatlined a bit again, but it's some coming. some are better than others. Yep. But is it? Did that break of when we were doing COVID and the bubble season hurt it? Is it a little bit of inflation? Is it a little bit of both? Well, I, like Tuesday night, I'll give it to the Blades. It was a Tuesday night game. True. Like so, middle of the week. But no, it is like. It's weird. It's just people. I think it might be COVID and maybe like finances right now are just not there and. I seem like Victoria. Obviously, they're not having the season they want, but they're opening it up to fans. We're like, hey, for five bucks, you can get a hot dog and a drink. Like they're opening yeah. it up for fan nights, where they want you to come in, cheaper food, stuff like that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more teams do that. Even winning teams like Winnipeg doesn't bring the most amount of fans in, and they are top of the conference. Yeah, and I could, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more teams kind of giving back. I'll say to the fans to try to get them in the building. The yeah. shame with Winnipeg is that they play in a damn university. Yeah, rink. don't they play in like? Are they still working on a rink? I, I don't know what's going on there. It's a mess. It's an it's absolute such mess. such a good team, but it's just it's like 
watching the Arizona Coyotes. Well, play. that was that was kind of how this was supposed to go, right? Like they they lined up well so that when they moved from Cranbrook to Winnipeg, they were going to be a competitive team. They were going to look pretty darn good, and they're supposed to be dirt being moved, shovels in the ground, and the yeah. rink being built so that when they get there, that they're able to play in a good facility, bring in people, and instead they're playing like basically at a Rattlers version of a hockey rink. Yeah. It's just for like Saha might be drawing more on the, the average night. It would be more electric. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I wouldn't believe Fair. But I just, that, that part sucks. But no, I, I, I probably just inflation's not good right now. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's a bit of this and I noticed it. I was having a conversation with Andrew Peard from uh, Edmonton, the play by play voice for the Edmonton Oil Kings when he was uh, down here last with, with the team. And he was saying what, what they've done to market their team is solely around the fan experience and the family fan experience. They, If you go through their marketing stuff, there, there's no mention of like players or the team, really, or, or the game, who they're playing. None of that really happens unless it's like Connor Bedard night. Sure. What happens is they just say, and, and now granted, they have to do things a little bit differently because they have the Oilers in the same building. But they do a lot of branding based off of what you as a family will get when you come to the games and the, the feelings that you'll have at the games and, and the memories you'll make, right? And, and you don't see a lot of teams go down that road branding their team in that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's right. I mean, look at the lacrosse team in Calgary. Rough next to the exact same thing. Yes, why yes, do you Why 100%. do you think there's so many people there? Because they're telling you what you're going to get when you come to it. That's game. right. Yeah, I and it's no no shot at the Calgary Roughnecks, but 80% of the crowd probably can't name three players on the team. But they go because it's a fun atmosphere. It's a great experience. It's yeah. something that you can do, right? And it's and it's at an affordable rate. Yeah. All these things have to kind of play as a factor. Now, obviously, the cost for lacrosse and hockey, not the same, but I digress. Anyway, um, like yeah. To see more fans. It would I be mean, nice to have better crowds. And yeah. I just don't know, like, junior hockey maybe is just – it hit its peak. 15, 20 years ago when World Juniors were going like crazy in small markets like Saskatoon and yeah. like like they're kind of getting back to now and, you know, the East Coast. Like, you're, you're, they're maybe trying to rediscover something with junior hockey and then they went to big markets and it became corporate and I'm, I'm running on and on. And but there's a it's, scandal going on. Yeah, it's just stuff, yeah. you, you kind of lose the roots of what made junior hockey so great. Like, yeah. there wasn't much better than going to the arena. No. And you would see a bunch of guys that really were like hometown heroes. And that's kind of now been drifting down. You see it in Brooks. They do a great job of that. Like every single night that you go to a bandits game, you're having a great experience. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's these different angles that sometimes we lose sight of what made that league and that team so great. Yeah. And we try to maybe make it a bit too corporate. I, don't I know. hope something changes for the Tigers sake and just for the WHL in general. I, I hope more fans go because this is a very exciting league. I, I quite enjoy yeah. the I, I think I would say that I, I would petition the league also take a look. Yeah. Not just put, putting the onus on individual teams, but the league itself really make a concerted effort yeah. as to how you market your, your game and, and really get to the heart of what it is that makes you tick. Because it's easy to sit there and blame the Tigers, blame ownership. Oh, they're not doing this, not doing that. But buy that WHL package and watch all of yeah. the, the out-of-town games. There's not a lot that are sold out. There's yeah. a lot of empty seats. And we as consumers need to do a better job of supporting teams. That's I true. will say that. Like the, the buck falls to everybody. Like yeah. Everyone gets a piece, right? Yeah. But anyway, that's me just going on and on. So. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you could support the Tigers from outside and on social media, but uh, will you support them if they move? 
Like, right. You either support them in the building or you watch them leave. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying anything no, 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 no. But, they, but that's but it's inevitable in sports. You can only you can't have a losing team financially for years. I wonder and how many just, people in Cranbrook are kicking themselves in the rear end, saying, "Man, yeah. I would, really wish I went to more games because I'm seeing the Winnipeg Ice dominate the CHL standings right now." Imagine if that team was in Cranbrook yeah, still. It's tough when when you're an area like Cranbrook and you lose a team like that, right? Like, that's there's a lot of a lot of just economic blowback that happens when you lose a team yeah. in a community like that. So. And you see it in that building in Winnipeg, and you're like, man, we had a better place. Yeah, we wow. supported that. I mean, we could create a college and yeah. put a hockey <laughs> rink there, too. Uh, one more before we let you go, because you have a very important job at home games, and we've talked about it on the podcast. Oh, yes. What is the formula <laughs> everything. for the three stars? And I'm not saying... Listen, your stars are. I, I've never had a beef with your stars. I've had a beef with a lot of the away teams. You and I even noticed PAs yesterday. PAs yesterday. It was a three-two game, and they gave all three to the Tigers. Which okay, but I was shocked. Yeah, that's a tough Fritz one. Fritz Albert should have at least gotten one. Like, what is there a formula? Because to me, I feel like the away games. I don't understand the formula for three stars. I mean, looking at what was it, the Edmonton game where the Tigers won, like. I scored them by three or more goals. <laughs> yes. They got one star. They got one star. Was I was like, you gave, they gave. Oh, Mason I think they, Finley. That well, was they changed name. it. I think to someone else. But it was oh, okay. Like, I feel bad. I kind of torched Mason Finley. Oh, I was like, I he didn't we all register did. a shot. Yeah. yeah. They gave him a star. That was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, no, there's no formula. You don't get a sheet or anything. Just <laughs> ah, a cheat sheet. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake early. I was like, oh, I'll just go by points. And I'm like, well, that's not really fair because some guys can float around and get points. Sure. Um, it's a lot on vibes, I'll be honest. Yeah. And that's not a great answer, but I mean, like, if a guy gets a hat trick, good chance he's a first star. Yeah. Goalie plays, I'm a sucker for goalies. So, yeah. like, but. Um, if it's a 2 1 game, I high, like, if it's even if it's 1 1 and, like, we're maybe leaning on overtime, right. I 100% understand you do the two goalies in the game winner. But that's why, like, and you're 100% right. It's all vibes. Yeah. Like, last night, there, there's maybe an argument to be made, and we love Beckett. Might have been an argument to be made that he wasn't a star. Well, I can, like... Like, I'll you think, had a guy yeah. who got a game winner, you guy who had two points, and you want to throw in the Prince Albert player, right? Yeah. Because you want to balance it out in a one-goal yeah. game. So, like, yeah. who are you taking out? You're taking out the game winner, the two-point guy, or the goaltender? Right, the goaltender. Yeah. Depending and, on how many saves. He had a 40-save right? night. Yeah, it was, like, okay, 24, 25 saves. Not a bad night, but... I look back at, like, the 400th win for Willie on Saturday, Saturday against... Uh, Mushaw, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got um, you. Jeez, all the days they blend and, together. Yeah, we know, yeah. And it, like the decisions I made, I was just like, okay, well, I think I gave Red Parsons third star, and I was mm-hmm. like, he played unreal. And especially yeah. when the Tigers went down to just four defenders there in the second period, all I saw was number three over the boards blocking shots, yes. registered an assist, and I was like, well, I mean, like the impact Red Parsons had in the game tonight is just it needs to be recognized. Yes. Good, good. I, yeah, that's, I like it's that. It's just kind of that. Same. It's just kind of yeah. like. Who do I keep seeing out there? And especially that first period between the benches, you get to see guys whiz by you, and one, you're dodging the puck, and two, <laughs> you're like, who do I keep seeing? And it's just, that's kind of, yeah. Because yeah. even and Saskatoon, be, I mean, what was that, 4-3 game in Saskatoon? They gave all three stars to the Blades. Yeah, that was that was what kicked all of this off. That's yeah. what really pissed me off. That that has sparked this ever since. In 4-3, that's a bit of a miss. You can't really go down. In overtime. Yeah, I'm with you. I, we don't got to relive Didn't Brendan leave two goals that night? I don't know. I don't remember. I just saw red that I didn't see any Tigers in there, and I was like, what in the hell? That was was a valid one, and that's then sparked this. And I saw Glenn Erickson, who is around the rink all the time, was uh, had a tweet out about uh, about Noah mentioning that the you know Tigers got all three stars in PA. Uh, There you go, Glenn. We just mentioned it. Uh, So you're welcome. PA should have had one. Yeah, of course. Um, But to to your point, 
and like so much of it is you know just based off of how the flow of the game is and it's hard when you can just pull up the box score and see it um but you're right Rhett was really good that night and like we mentioned Beckett had his best game probably of his Western Hockey League career against the Moose Jaw Warriors so uh y- y- there's no blueprint no I will say there's no blueprint but in a 4-3 overtime game uh you can't just bombard all the team yeah. with one, uh, one team with all the Unless stars. your overagers are playing their last game it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense to me that if you want to drop a formula I'll take it I'll look at yeah, it right? but, yeah right uh, yeah really, I mean we we I think we we laid out some some itinerary or some p- kind of plan but yeah they always it's all the goalposts are moving Goalposts yeah. are always moving. Speaking of goalposts, uh, Friday, Saturday, Tigers got uh, Red Deer Rebels. Yeah. Kelowna Rockets. Yeah. Who are our goaltenders Friday, Saturday. Oh, this has been the ongoing This is how we usually yeah. end it when we got mm. a back-to-back. Mm-mm-mm. Is Beckett getting both? We may got a little bit in in that uh, Saskatoon game. But it... Start with Lance. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of sewered you on the first one. Yeah. The, the prediction part or something yeah. like that. Um, because... Christmas break is right around the corner, and they're going to be gone for like 10 days. I really think that you can give back at both if you want. The problem is I think Evan May has been good enough that he deserves a start out of one of these two. He deserves to have a game because otherwise you're really going to go three weeks, potentially longer, depending on how long it takes for him to get in without a start, without him getting game action. Yeah. So you probably want to work both of them in. I would say... I don't know why. I would probably just say Beckett goes again Friday, yeah. and then you give Evan May to the Kelowna Rockets and see if Evan can get his first Western Hockey League win. That's my guess. You give your guy to this the division team. 100%. As simple as that. Your number one guy right? faces the division, yeah. and then Kelowna. I've just yeah. always been enamored with what uh, Daryl Sutter did last year in Calgary, and he would start his backup against like the top echelon teams and then play his starter against teams that he knows that he needs to get points out of. I've always been fascinated by that, that theory, right? There is that. I, I think I think Beckett, I think you're right, Beckett will play against the division rival. They want that W. They beat them before. Um, if they beat the Rebels, May will probably play Saturday. If they lose to the then Rebels, to again, yeah. then they go Beckett. I just really want I really want Evan to get a win because yeah. he's, yeah. he's played so he well. He oh, d- yeah. he's, he's, I mean, really both of them have played way better than the numbers indicate, truthfully. But but May especially to to not have a win yet it's it's almost feeling unfair to him at this point because he has been so good like you come in on your season debut or your team debut and you great. put up a great effort against the Blades like like he he's done so much to to really deserve a win so I hope he gets in this weekend and hopefully he plays well just wait for like he's he'll have a start McKenna will get in the lineup I don't know when that'll happen next and McKenna's first WHL goal. OT winner, oh. Evan May, first WHL That, that would like, be poetic, right? That, oh, it would make my job really easy. Yes, it would. But, um, well, that might be too good then because he'd have too many storylines. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, no, no such I'll thing? Never <laughs> yeah. <to> <laughs> Fair, but, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, James, we appreciate man. Uh, thanks for coming on here, spending about an hour with us. Uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, I'm available all the time. I love it. Check him out on Twitter, at ReporterTub, and check out his stuff, Medicine at News. He, uh, he did some great stuff for the Tigers. Yes. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at the Co-op Place. Have a good one. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.